Welcome to the Blitz with Rob and Chris. It's been a while, but uh, we back, fellas. What's happening, Rob? It's been a while. That's the understatement of the year. <laughs> Speaking of the year, this is what, like our second podcast of the year in June? Just shameful. Hey, shameful. Bro. We coming back for the summer. I got, yeah, I got some podcast ideas. I got yeah, some good ladies ideas. Ladies and gentlemen, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Send all your hate mail towards Chris underscore at the Blitz with Rob and Chris dot com. Yeah. You know, we missed out on a lot. We had to slap her around the world. Will Smith. Boy, I, got, I never That's thought I'd see boy. the day. Will Smith That's got cancer. He was yeah, wrong for man. that, bro. He was wrong. You had that. me buying the book and everything. You've been talking about Will Smith since we was in high right. school. I know, bro. I bought the audio book. The only person I know that actually vouched for uh, Wild Wild West. Hey, Brian. I just want to support the man. It was a bad movie. What was uh, the other one you supported with him and his son? After one? Earth or something like that? Oh, that, that was horrible. Yeah, terrible. That was horrible. Yeah. That was. <laughs> oh, now, now, come, now the truth comes out, ladies and gentlemen. You should see him in the group text. He kept, you know, caping for Will Smith on all these trash movies over the years. Nice slap Chris Rock, and all of a sudden, you don't like the movie. <laughs> Listen, even Will admitted that that was a badass movie. I mean, his son, his son didn't even like him after that movie. <laughs> but, uh, what's been going on, bro? What's happening in Miami? Man, listen, you know, all I do is work and lay low. That's all I do. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anyways, listen, we about to wrap up the finals, bro. So we got uh, game six tomorrow night. What's your thoughts on the series so far? Which think will happen tomorrow night? I know one thing. Jason Tatum better stop stop calling out Kobe Bryant's name. Somebody said he's been texting Kwame Brown, not Kobe Bryant. Because... uh <laughs> you know, these, these down the stress, these finishes, I mean, you know, he's had some good games, but when they needed him the most, you know, I, I don't know if it's fatigue or it's just the pressure of the moment, but he just hasn't been what they need him to be. Jalen Brown, I mean, man's got butterfingers. Every time I look, he just going to the rim and the ball just goes flying. Both of them need to work on their left hand. And I say that they're only down three to two. You know, my New York Knicks were were up 3-2 on the Houston Rockets one time, and we lost that series 4-3. I mean, it's not – they're not out of it, but when you watch it, when you watch the games, I mean, you look at Steph Curry score 16 points with the shooting performance he had the other night. For them to lose by double digits, you just, like, they're not getting what they need from their star players. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, I think you and I have talked about this on the podcast. I mean, all of it is a little bit underwhelming, to be quite honest with you. Um, and, you know – you know, one may call me a bronze sexual, but I, I'm missing the days of, <laughs> of watching the NBA finals and knowing that they're one particular player every night is going to give me 30, 10 and eight or 40, 10 and 10. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm watching and it's just underwhelming basketball. I just feel like the game has changed so much. It's so reliant on three pointer. You're watching like Boston shoot 10 of 40 and, you know, the, the Warriors weren't shooting much better. And that's you know what the the you know the math tells us they should be doing, but when the shots aren't falling, the game is ugly and it's yeah. a lot of blowouts. Yeah, I mean, and that's not just this series. The Warriors are good, but this is by you know not in the least one of their strongest teams in, in the championship run. And when you look back at who they beat to get here, Dallas. I mean, for them to be in the Western Conference Finals, like it, it's just underwhelming to say the least. Uh, Mavericks making the finals. Uh, I mean, West Conference Finals, Jai getting hurt in, in the second round against the, the the Warriors hurt them. 
played Denver with no Jamal Murray and Michael Yeah, he, he missed the whole year. Utah's a, a regular season team. And then you look at the East and Miami being a one seed with no bench. And, and really, outside of Jimmy Butler, nobody no really fear. Yeah, you don't really fear them. Um, yeah, uh, Chris Middleton was hurt for, for Milwaukee, so you hope they come back. The Nets. Pat Kyle Lowry was out there choking in the playoffs. Yeah, and the Nets, you know, get swept. So that's probably going to be the, the story of the summer. What happened with KD and, and Kyrie? But Lakers um, didn't make the playoffs. Kawhi didn't come back. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it's it, it's all not, this low management. The game, all this low management, and the you know, math telling the shoot. 33 is a game. I mean, the game is just changing, and, um, you know, we're seeing the effects of it. It's not great basketball, to say the least. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Steph, right? So there's been a lot of talk. He's got three rings. If they win this year, it'll be four. But the talk has been he doesn't have a finals MVP. Uh, that's the last thing missing. So my thing to you is – or my question to you is, does Steph need a finals MVP to, to – legitimize his place in history as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And if they win this title and he win finals MVP, does that put him clearly in the top 10 basketball players of all time? Um, so I, I'll first say, I think it's a very respectable place to be the greatest three point shooter of all time. Agreed. I don't think that that's something that anybody should be ashamed of and, and not just the greatest, he's the greatest shooter of all time. Um, so I, I, I don't view that as a slight or an insult. The fact that he's going to have four championships and one finals MVP is a function of him getting drafted by a great organization and building things around him. And, you know, let's just be honest, the first championship they got, probably in large part because Kyrie and Kevin Love didn't play. And the next two they got because they had the most cop squad ever, right? They, they blew a 3-1 lead after going 72-10, and 10, and then they went and got a top – three player in the league. And so, you know, they would have prohibited favors for two straight years, would have got another one if it wasn't for injury. And so now he's back. And like we're saying, the season kind of felt like a watered down NBA, but they're going to get the ring. And so he deserves the credit for that. But I don't know that I want to get carried away about, you know, where I place him all time. I mean, you know, I'm still going to have, you know, Kareem and Wilt in front of him, uh, you know, LeBron, Kobe, and MJ in front of him. Um, I think there's, you know, still an argument for Bill Russell, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, Johnson, Dr. J. I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, do the rings vault him past all of those people. and then that's just not something that I'm necessarily ready to do. But, you know, the reality is he might be back again um, with with the way that, that they've been drafting and stuff. Um, but I'm just not I'm not ready to vault him ahead of all those people just yet. I mean, is he creeping into the top 10 for me? Yeah, I'll give him that. But I mean, is he, you know, a lock in my top 10? You know, not right now. I mean, some people would still say that if they had to pick a point guard between him and Isaiah Thomas, they put Isaiah Thomas over him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you talk about the best three point shooter of all time, that's true. But the three point line just came into effect in, I think, what, the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has more three pointers in a single season than Larry Bird had in his whole career. And that just goes to 
people didn't shoot threes. Even Jordan didn't really. They didn't shoot threes like like that prior to the mid two thousands, really. So, um, I mean, he's gonna run away with it by far, beating Ray Allen and uh and Reggie Miller. But uh, that that's no slight. I mean, he's he's definitely one of the greatest players. I don't. He's definitely not my top ten. Uh, even with another ring, even with a Finals MVP, I, he's a great player. But they've been they've had a great team the whole like mm. I, I never felt like he's single handedly outside of, uh, this. I will say if they win this, he's he's by far the best player on the team, and and I would say he primarily carried that team to a championship with with Clay coming back from injury, Draymond the shell of right. himself, like right. for sure he put him on his back this year. But when you look at the dynasty, like you said, two of the two of the finals that they won, one that they lost, they had KD. Then they lost a three-one lead, and in the first year they beat. Not only did they beat the the Cavs, who had uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love hurt, but I think they didn't play a starting point guard the whole playoffs. I think CP3 was out for the Clippers. Um, I believe Beverly was the starting point guard for the Rockets when he played them. So it was again. It was the not to discredit it, but you know they definitely but had discredited. Yeah, they definitely had an easy run. Uh, or, 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 it's or, funny how that stuff works run. because um, you know you could argue that <clears throat> some people just have had horrible luck with injuries. You know, you could argue like a, a Patrick Ewing or just some guys down the stretch, like the years that things was look like they were falling their way. Something happened. And for a while, the Warriors have just had stuff break their way repeatedly. Yeah. I, I will say, though, I didn't realize about a week ago I saw the stats when KD won the finals MVPs uh, back-to-back years. I didn't realize how good Steph played. Like, his numbers were way better than I thought. I, I think just because he didn't win the finals MVP, I never really looked at it, but his numbers were way better than I thought. Um also, I think and that's what he get for recruiting Katie to come to the team. He was gonna not get credit, like uh, agreed. But also, then, I, let's just be real: if Katie wasn't there, they probably wouldn't have won those championships. So. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But uh, when you look at it, right? I think a storyline that's going uh, under the radar that's not being talked about enough is if the Warriors win this ring, where does Steve Kerr place as one of the best coaches in the NBA? I'm I'm just gonna let you give your opinion on this because this is a alley going to yourself. This is an alley going saying, to yourself. The man's got four. He'll have four titles if they win this year. He's only been coaching, I think, for eight years, and they handed two. him the keys to a championship operation. All right, I get why Mark Jackson was hated on. They and I get 16, why he lost his job. They were right? sixteen Mark Jackson, but to last act year. like Steve Kerr is doing something that is out of this world that wouldn't have happened it was a natural trajectory that they were on and they handed him the keys i'm don't even get me started just give let, me a perspective. Name me, let me a good coach let me a great coach that what, what steve player. kerr was doing what steve kerr was doing last year he didn't have a team bro. all right all right draymond was hurt so Clay when hurt. so when when they were getting hurt and mark jackson was there nobody cared and none Ste- of the dudes was hurt yeah. last year that's all I'm Steph saying. had bad it. ankles. Was always hurt. <laughs> yeah, because Mark Jackson knew how to run no damn offense. Mark Jackson had the boy running that man into the ground. Play. If you if you listen to any Eagle Dollar interview, any Steve Kerr, I mean, sorry, uh, 
Steph Curry interview, they all say the same thing. Like Mark Jackson built this and Steve Kerr finished, but none of them will go as far as to say we wouldn't have still done this without Mark Jackson. They just get real political when you ask about Mark Jackson. Like they've just put everything aside and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, he's the one who instilled the defensive uh, philosophy. He's the one who did this. He's the one who did that. Like they give him his props. Like the idea that Steve Kerr is doing something, as you stated, he had the greatest roster assembled of, of all time for, for three years. I mean, you know. Well, tell me what uh, Steve Nash is doing with that great roster in Brooklyn. That's all I'm saying. You got to manage personalities. Phil Jackson had MJ, Pippen, Kobe, Shaq. Popovich had Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, David Robinson, Manu Ginobili, Pat Riley, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy. Okay, let's talk about that Knicks team he took to the finals. And and who else? And who else was on that roster? They grabbed John Starks out the grocery line. And that man was grocery. He was our second best scorer, too. Yeah, exactly. Because Pat knew what he was doing. And that's why he left y'all. Because he knew what he was doing. Anyways, listen. He wanted wanted ownership and Dolan wouldn't give it to him. Kurt Kurt belongs. He wanted management. He wanted what he's got in Miami and the Knicks organization. Kerr belongs in that pantheon of great coaches that's all i'm saying if they win a fourth ring he's got to be up there with some of the greatest but you such a homer so you're going to take the credit away from steph but steve kerr's going to get it like what are, what are we doing I'm right not, now I'm not next taking away from steph. next sub you you I'm don't want to put him in your top 10 but you want to say steve kerr is one of the greatest coaches got, of all that's time. different that's different that's different we got tons of great players we don't have tons of great coaches yeah because steve kerr <laughs> no great coach yes <laughs> steve kerr is a great coach tripping you telling me you wouldn't take Steve Kerr as your coach? You when he was when he was putting Belgica or whatever the hell his name was in the game, everybody was calling for his job. Jordan Poole. You know the best yeah. thing going for him right now is all Jalen Brown's turnovers. That's the best. Jordan, thing Jordan Poole, Gary Payton the second. These are G League players at best that he's transformed. Jordan Poole is is talking about the next great player in in, in the Warriors dynasty. I don't know about all that, but. He's a, he's a heavy rotational player. He's going to go get a big paycheck somewhere next year and get exposed for his lack of defensive ability. Probably by the Pelicans. <laughs> um, so with that, um, anything else you see? You, do you see, the, do you see the, the, the finals going seven games? Or you think Golden State wraps it up? I mean, I'd love to see it go seven games, but I think I think it will. wrap it up. I, I don't think so, bro. I think, I think, uh, I think Tatum is gone. You know, text Texas partner Kobe. Get some inspiration. What's the go what's the ghost of Kobe gonna tell him? <laughs> the same thing he told him going into game seven. Uh, he stopped airballing three pointers in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was short. Every shot was short. I was like, damn, he must just be tired. I guess he's tired, bro. Yeah, man, tired, bro. Shoot. But uh I mean, out outside of that, we got the what draft coming up in basketball? But let's talk about. I want to talk about some football. We got some. We got some big storylines. Uh, Many camps started, but I, I think that the big news right now is the Sean Watson. My man getting exposed, bro. One thing I'll say is the idea that we didn't have a podcast when when the Saints was trying <laughs> to sign him might have been the best thing to happen for this podcast. Because that that perverted brother was was on the tip of every New Orleans Saints fan's t- tongue, including mine. 
and he didn't had about five more lawsuits filed since uh that that you know signing with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that brother, you know, uh, yeah, I got on a couple the, of he on the massage beds in yoga poses. Um, <laughs> you know, doing all kind of unmentionable things and the defenses that he's throwing out there. I mean, his lawyer was on TV talking about a happy ending is not necessarily a crime. I'm like, oh my God, is this like yes. <laughs> this is the this is the defense you paying for? It's embarrassing, bro. It's embarrassing that at this point, all what what he got 250 million guaranteed? All oh, that shit. 30 gone. maybe, yeah. yeah um, all that shit. All that shit about to be gone. Yeah, I, I, I and I don't want to oversimplify this, but I just think if he would have settled the first lawsuits when they came through. All of this would be over. His suspension would be announced. It probably would have been like four games, and um, there wouldn't have been twenty six women. Like, however many women were on the first, very first lawsuit. I mean, listen, in all of these situations, you get contacted by a person first, and right. they offer you the opportunity to settle. And when you don't, and the, the the team prepares for litigation, this is what happens. Like, essentially, this lawyer, I'm sure, is going out and contacting right. all these different women. Listen, if you were doing it all in the Houston area, there's only so many masseurs in the Houston area. Uh, and every time this stuff is in the New York Times or on HBO Real Sports or wherever else, I'm sure women call this lawyer. And, you know, maybe all of them weren't actually victims, but the likelihood that some of them were victims seems pretty high. And what does it mean to be a victim? I mean, I guess there's a criminal definition of the potential statutes and maybe it what his conduct doesn't meet the criminal definition but the civil you know liability aspect is going to be totally different for example um you know if he touched the person in a way they didn't want to be touched the idea that certain types of touch have to meet the threshold of a criminal statute for it to be a crime but on the civil side, that's not necessarily true. You might just need to cause me pain and suffering. I might just need to show that I didn't appear for my next 20 appointments because I was traumatized but you, because of what you did to me. And now all of a sudden you could potentially owe me money. Um, so there's a higher legal standard in criminal. There's actual elements of statutes you have to meet and it's totally different on the civil side. So to, to my point, if he would have settled whatever civil suits came out initially, this might all be over with, but where we are now, to me, is so far into a dark area. And what we've seen recently is that they're saying, like, he was averaging 100 massages a year, and we only have 26 victims. So we could just be getting started. Like, the longer he allows us to draw out, the more women that could come forward. So Right, because I'm sure he'd been getting massages for a long time. Right. So now you got multiple years. She probably and I mean, started in college. Right. Right. Um, and at this point, the NFL has got to do something. And, and, and he can't win. Even if he settles, then you now it's too late to be guilty. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so even if that happens, and, and the NFL is, is pretty much put in a position where they have to suspend him. Now it's just a matter of how many games. So, you know, you just start to wonder what's the impact long term uh, of. Deshaun Watson future really. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't know if he takes a snap this season. Yeah, I mean I thought that that was kind of unlikely and it started to be a chorus of people saying that they think it's only going to be six games, four more lawsuits get announced. Right. 
Right. And the problem is with every additional victim that tacks onto a lawsuit, you have another potential criminal investigation. So you can't say you're criminally cleared where there's four new women who've never talked to law enforcement before. Right. Um, and to our point, once you start going from state to state uh, and you start yeah, tracing back to college and right. flying gets, women, right, it gets real messy. Right. Because now you're talking about potential federal stuff. Right. You know. It's just that whole situation is a mess, an absolute mess. And the crazy part is I'm sure there's a ton of NFL players shaking in their boots right now because <laughs> I just never really believed that somebody's by themselves in that in that behavior. Yes. I mean, we kind of heard a little bit about Brett Favre exposing himself, right? Right. Remember in Peyton Manning in college, they said he mooned the lady right. and put his butt on her face. But, I mean, that was the version of the story we got, you know, long before social media and all that. So you just don't really know what goes on with all of that. Yeah, and at, at that point, I mean, you talk about bad luck. If the nobody's gonna go to the Browns after this, not <laughs> not not that they caused it, but it's just <laughs> guilty by association. Oh, I mean, he's out there practicing right now, and they are and wasting reps. About, That's all he's doing. <laughs> talking about clearing his name. Who, who the ba- backup? Baker gonna be starting game one. <laughs> <laughs> who the backup? Because uh, that's who need to be getting them reps in right now. I, I mean they, Baker's still on the squad. Yeah, but he's not at he's not at minicamp. Word yeah, is uh well. word is uh Carolina thinking about signing him. But they got somebody else. Uh they another got, black quarterback. Um, they signed a black quarterback from uh from Indianapolis. I can't think of his name right now. You're talking about the, the Panthers. No, I'm talking about the Browns. Uh, oh, 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 Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Carolina still has Sam DeArnold, and then they right. drafted Matt Corral. So, I mean, I don't right. know where Baker Mayfield would Fits. fit into yeah. you know, that equation. I don't know either. Um, moving along to uh, another issue in the NFL, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio was interviewed. Clown. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure how this came to light. Like, I don't because because suddenly in America, since we can't get our politicians to do anything, <laughs> we just hold all of our athletes accountable for stuff at their press conferences. Because you know, Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and and whoever else steps in front of a microphone is going to give us a can response, and nothing's actually going to get done because each side will just blame the other for the for inaction. And so, some kind of way, like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich and Joe Burrow and this clown. Uh, become like the the sounding boards for questions about you know political shit in the united states of america yeah so for people who don't know what we're talking about uh jack Rio had a press conference it was somewhere along the lines asked about you know what's going on in, in the united states with all the, the shootings and everything and he he mentioned i'm not sure why but he started comparing uh the protesters and what happened with george floyd's murder to then go into the the um january 6th yes the 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 storming of uh what, what's the building I'm, 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 the capital the capital yes <laughs> man uh the storming of the capital is a dust up um just totally insensitive like you know people died there was you know some people who died in, in throughout the process and he was then fined a hundred thousand dollars. So 
now it's just time to move on. And and that's kind of the end of it. What's your thoughts on the fine itself? And was that a harsh enough penalty? Well, first of all, no. Um, second of all, you know, Jack Del Rio is a dinosaur in the NFL. It's probably time for him to be gone anyway. And um, third of all, I mean, you know, I've always had my opinions on, you know, Colin Kaepernick, just given his like level of play at the time he spoke up and then the nature of some of the additional comments, not just the national anthem protest, but the reality is he's still not in the league. And um, to the extent that political speech has anything to do with that, um, at least he was taking stances that were like in some way, some of the stances were admirable, right? Like January 6th was, I think, in my opinion, and anybody with the brain's opinion, a coup attempt within our own country. Um, They were literally trying to overturn an election. That's not really all that debatable. Um, At least some of the people who rushed into the Capitol were there because they wanted to change the results of an election. And if you're misinformed on that, that's a personal problem, then you shouldn't be speaking about it. Um, and, you know, to, to speak on the potential overthrow of our, gar- our, our government and refer to it as a dust up is just, I mean, there's just no place for that. And, um, it's not just that, right. It's right. the fact that he was trying to compare that exactly. to something else. Right. And it was, there was clear racial implications in what he was saying and what he was doing in that moment. And it's, it's dog whistle politics is straight out the Fox News playbook. And it wasn't even relevant to the damn question he was asked. And so, you know, we can start with what appropriate punishments should exist just based off of those facts. But but for me, like if you're the commanders who have like already had all these issues, see. right? Like they had to change their name because that was racist. The owner was apparently doing all kind of underhanded stuff with the, the cheerleaders, and, and that's the subject of a lawsuit. Um, there was an argument about a potential for sale because people were coming after the owner for all this stuff. Uh, they, you know, then came out and hired this young black guy to, to, you know, help lead the organization to make all these changes. And you have a locker room of probably 70% plus black players. And this is the man that you choose to lead your defense, which is probably the starters probably are what, like 95% black, if not more. Um, And now you expect him to be a leader of men and you expect people to listen to him. I mean, everything that they applied to Kaepernick about being a distraction and not being able to be somebody that everybody could get behind would seem to apply to Jack Del Rio in an even greater level. So I think define whatever from the league if that comes from the league but i think the team should be the one who should be saying it's time to part ways he ain't even a good defensive coordinator right right that's my thing and, and I, I you know i also put the onus back on the players like at some point you got to take a stand like I, i'm not playing for this dude especially like you say like his resume is not even all that impressive um and it's just irresponsible especially coming off of like you mentioned, a league coming off of uh, Kaepernick, who was a starter, took a knee, and hasn't played football in, I believe, it's, what, seven years, six or seven years now. Um, just got his first workout with the Raiders, which was probably just the league, you know, throwing him a bone since he started doing some interviews and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I get, it just goes back to the NFL's image and, and 
kind of where they stand, where the owners stand, really, because if you're going to blackball a player for taking a knee against, you know, social injustice, but find a coach a hundred thousand dollars for, for what Del Rio said, it's just, you know, the proof is in the pudding at that point. But, uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been out of the league for years before coming back to the, to the Redskins. I think he was out of the league for maybe three years, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like you said, he just hadn't been a good coach. He hadn't produced. Right. In, in, the, in a, you know, in, in a organization like the NFL where it's all about results, as they like to say, uh, I'm not sure why he's still coaching the commanders. And and I don't think that's a start, a good start to the, to the rest of this season. Um you got Ron Rivera still answering questions this week about those comments. So I just don't set himself up for failure. And now Ron Rivera is having to fall back on all this like first amendment stuff and saying he's got the right to foolishness. Yeah. Like foolishness. Um, and if we go right up the road from, from DC to Baltimore, you got uh Lamar Jackson showing up at camp, willing to play on a, on a one year deal, even willing to say that he's, he's okay with playing, multiple years on one year deal essentially on franchise tags he's tripping especially the way he plays yeah i mean he's just tripping he's about a buck 90 soaking wet and he carries the ball like a running back you look back at the statistics for quarterbacks who run as much as he does and their shelf life is super short and look at rg3 i mean look at the guys the minute they have knee injuries and can Mike Vick is one of the few guys I think that was able to exercise some longevity in a career after being tabbed to running quarterback. But right. Mike Vick, his arm strength was never questioned. Um, and, and and that's not the, the case with this young man. So I, I think he needs to get his money while he can. And I think he's tripping. Man. And I, I don't I'm, know what the contract the nature of the dispute is. Like, I don't know what he's wanting that they're not offering him. But right. uh, he's one of the few people that I would be like, yo, you need to sit out. Right, and you're talking about a league that that paid uh, Jared Goff early, that paid Carson Wentz early, like all these dudes. Two guys who everybody now says are but just straight busts. Exactly. Um, You know, a a guy in uh, Tennessee, Tannehill, who busted out of Miami, had one good season behind a two thousand yard back, and he got thirty million a year. Like at, at some point. If I'm Lamar Jackson, like, listen, based on the dudes who've gotten paid, like, I'm an MVP. Lamar Jackson has an MVP. You got to sit out and make them pay. Because what's their options? The team is built around you offensively anyways. So it's not like they can come in and and bring in a Carson Wentz and be successful. Because the offense revolves around you. So the point that I've always made about the, the Colin Kaepernick's of the world, like Greg Roman as offensive coordinator, there's limited people that he can bring in to do what he wants. Well, now this is your time to take advantage of that. They exactly. always use it to keep us out of situations. Now is the time to be like, who the hell else are you going to come in to, to run this offense the way you run it with me? Right. There's probably like four or five other quarterbacks in the league and none of them will do it as well. You traded, you traded away the best receiver in Hollywood Brown. I Which mean, understandable. I think Hollywood Brown is the man in that trade. And they're saying that that's why a lot of wide receivers don't want to go there because they don't think that Greg Roman knows how to feature wide receivers. So, I mean, you got all the leverage at this point. Right. And, and you're in a tough division. You're in a division where Cincinnati just went to the Super Bowl. You know, Pittsburgh is, is a perennial uh, playoff team. Yeah, you and, missed one game. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. You missed, say, three or four games, and the playoffs are probably out of the question for that. Exactly. Time. Exactly. Um, 
So I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like he's – I mean, he showed up at minicamp. So if he showed up at minicamp, he damn sure not sitting out of training camp. Um, right. I just hope for the brother that, you know, he don't tear his ACL or something because uh, at that point they will not yeah, be – Yeah, the offer will never be the same. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hate to see him um, – I, I, I commend him for being a team player, but in this situation you got to, you know, look out for yourself because these teams going to look out for themselves. Um Let's talk a little bit Saints right quick. You know, we we homeless. Uh, since the five, we, we signed Jarvis Landry. We signed Honey Badger. You know, we, we like the LSU. Let's and, cut and, to the and, chase. NFLSU. We have confirmed that Sean Payton had an LSU bias. I think it's safe <laughs> to say that, right? That he, not a bias in a good way, but that Sean Payton refused to sign LSU products. I think we've also confirmed that Sean Payton was of the my offense is going to win this for us. I don't need the player. I don't need the splash mold. I mean, you saw Dennis Allen try to go out and get Deshaun Watson. You saw him go get Teran Matthew. Um, you saw him, I mean, he was an OBJ sweepstakes, the, yep. the Jarvis Landry. Shoot. There wasn't a player out there that he didn't seem like he was after. And after years, right. years of like seeing the Saints, you know, stand pat and hearing that, they made some last-ditch effort for a player and then didn't get it. We finally saw an offseason where we, like, pushed our chips into the table. So in saying all that, I know it's early, but our um, over-under is eight games. Disrespectful. I mean, the bottom line is all that is about Jameis. They don't believe that he's he's capable. But, I mean, I, I, here's the thing that we kind of miss with Jameis sometimes is that dirt cutter right and then you you change offensive coordinators i want to say in the first five years he might have had three offensive coordinators um and all different offensive philosophies yeah then he comes into the same situation and his efficiency in was it five games or seven games seven Uh, games five five and two yeah yeah so his efficiency is the best we've ever seen it I understand Sean Payton's leaving or is gone. Pete Carmichael Jr. has been in his offense forever, and the times that he was calling the plays, I don't know that there was that big of a difference in the play selection. Um, So I'm not totally fearful of what the offense will look like under Pete Carmichael. So I'll say this. If he even returns to 90 – let's say he gets to 75% of the efficiency that we saw under Sean Payton, which I think was what, like – 17 touchdowns and three interceptions or something like that through seven games, something crazy. Let's say, you know, he's at 15 and five, but the yards are up because he's taking more chances. The defense should be better. The play, I mean, the yards will likely be higher because the receivers are way better. I mean, because that was the thing. He had the touchdowns, but the yards were low. But now when it's Olave and Mike Thomas and uh, Jarvis Landry, I mean, the mismatches, and you still got all those same guys, Traquan Smith, uh, Marcus Callaway and Deontay Harris, they're just going to get better matchups. Um, so, I mean, I like our chances. I think eight wins is disrespectful. It's really all about the league's level of disrespect for Jameis Winston. I, I think this is the best supporting cast that Jameis Winston has had. And a lot of people will probably point to like, oh, well, he had Deshaun Jackson. He had Mike Evans, yada, yada, yada. Well, he didn't have offensive line and running game then. Right. right? And he, you know, when he started to get those things, you know, they then pushed him out the door for Tom Brady and, and got a whole bunch more pieces for Tom Brady. So 
this is the this is the first time we're really gonna see um what he's capable of and i think if if uh i think he can get us to 11 wins that's just my belief i mean this is my thing he had the worst receiving core in the nfl last year like marcus calloway is a is a good receiver he's a a, a decent nfl receiver he was our number one our number two at times was a five six return man um that's what he was working with and still led us to five and two record. This is a guy who three years ago led the league in passing yards, threw for over 5,000 passing yards and 30 touchdowns. People would like to bring up the 30 interceptions, but he also threw for 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. So, like, it's a guy who's capable of throwing the ball, slinging it down the field. Like, he's been in our offense, but this will be his third year. He sat behind Drew Brees, waited his turn. Um, he's got a running game. He's got an offensive line. He's got three, like, Good, good receivers. Michael Thomas is a great receiver when healthy. Jarvis Landry is a multiple-time Pro Bowler, and Chris Olave is a first-round pick. So you hope he lives up to the draft status. But I, I mean, I'm not sure where the when I look at all the quarterbacks in the league, Jameis is at least in the middle of the pack. Right. I mean, I'm taking Jameis before Tannehill, Carson, <coughs> excuse me, Carson Wentz, whoever Chicago starting, Buffalo. I mean, you know, like. And to that end, like if Tannehill could get his team to like you know the AFC Championship and stuff like that, and the verge of the AFC Championship regularly with good defense and a good running game, right? You know, we have some question marks, right? Like what well, I don't know. This season, Rui's going to be at at the guard spot. Tra- Penning, who we just drafted at the left tackle, they're saying they're moving him along slow. I think we have um we have Streif on the staff, and then we brought yep. Marone back. So they said that they're like just working with him on fundamentals right now and that we're comfortable starting James Hurst to start the season and we'll bring him along slow and work him into the lineup. So, you know, those will kind of be question marks. But, um, you know, and, and then obviously the obvious issue of Alvin Kamara. So we brought David Johnson there for a workout, uh, yeah, a partner right. Spain. And so, you know, we and then we brought Clemente in for a workout who used to play for us at the guard position or be a tool player on the offensive line. Yeah. Um so we're we're trying to address those things, but I, I just think that those question marks aren't so great that they they want the eight wins. And listen, I'm tell you two names. If we get them on defense, I think we might have a lights out defense. Quan Alexander and Dominican Sue. You go get those two guys um, and keep everything else you got in place. Uh, you know, and then you still got Peyton Turner coming back, who's going to be able to hopefully spell. Um, um, Davenport. Davenport, because <laughs> he's um, gonna miss time. Think he chopped off and all kind of other stuff. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I like us on paper. You yeah, know? definitely. I have a little concern about Marcus May and Teron Matthew because um, that's your safety position. It's not exactly speed demons, and Marcus Williams right. could cover a lot of ground. He's super athletic, but um, I don't know. I just like us on paper. Uh, yeah, I, I think you. I think you at, at the safety position. I like the instincts. And the playmaking skills, like you said, they don't have the range of, of Williams, but I think the instincts are much better. They tackling is much better, way better, um, right? And uh, and I, I I believe in in um in the coach Dennis Allen. You know, I think he's shown that he's is pretty um adept at, at you know coaching up the defense. So and then I think you look at the division, right? Atlanta's weak, um, mm. Carolina's weak. Both of them had question marks uh, at quarterback. Atlanta brought in Mariota. Um, Sam Darnold didn't look like the answer last year. And, Carolina and, looks like they're ready to, to 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 part ways with Matt Rule. Like they probably yes. give him this one last year and then cut the yeah. cord on him. 
right, draft him a quarterback and get another coach to coach him. Right. And then and then we own Tampa. Like we've literally beaten Tampa the last two years every time we played them outside of the playoff appearance. Um, and and Tampa's gonna lose some pieces, right? Yes, yes. The um, Gronk may not return. We saw what they look like without Antonio Brown. He won't be back. Yeah, one of their offensive linemen, uh, I believe, went to the Bengals. Another one retired. Uh, Godwin Dominic, is coming off of a major injury, and Dominican Sue won't be back. Yeah, so I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a cakewalk in NFC South as far as you know Tampa Bay running through the division. I, I think yeah. we're going to put up a fight. So they also all lost that- Ronald Jones, and so you know, to the extent that um, you know you like what you see from Leonard Fournette, he wasn't carrying the load by himself he was right. spelled by somebody right all that to say um if you want some easy money take the saints on the over eight is way too low um I, i'm at least looking at a double digit winning season 10 10 and 7 at least uh, I, i'm comfortable saying any other nfl news before i i got something i want to bring up that we don't talk about Oh, and I did also leave out that the Bucks. I believe Jason Pierre-Paul walked. I don't. I don't know where he signed. Sue and Paul, I think, both left. So, uh, but no, nothing else on the Saints. I mean, I, I like us. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm chances. excited. Yeah. Now, now we don't talk a lot of golf, but if anybody has been following golf, they got a new turn, a new a new uh, tour that start called Live uh, out in Saudi Arabia, and it's causing a lot of you know drama in in the pga tour world we got phil mickelson bouncing we've got like 10 to 16 top golfers who've left and um and they've been suspended by the pga tour have you have you heard anything about this rob or do you know anything about golf i've just seen the you know the faces passing on the, the headlines on the screen i have not you know delved too deep into to reading about it they offered they offered uh Tiger was seven hundred and fifty million dollars to join a tour, and he uh, he he didn't accept off. Yeah, because Tiger's only playing for one thing now, right? Tiger's exactly. only playing to 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 catch records, which is kind of sad because seven hundred fifty million. I mean, they just listed Tiger as a billionaire, like right. that would have put him over the top. Damn a record, right? He's not gonna get the record. Anyways. He's not gonna get the records anyway. Right, right. Uh, the only thing I can see his is knees that- and back so messed up. Take that seven fifty. Yeah, it's that he's trying to like pave the way for his son. He don't want to mess up the relationship with the tour because he's not gonna get the record, and I, I wouldn't be turning out seven fifty. But um, it's called like my my whole thing. My only thing with the the situation, um, and not that I care that much about the, the PGA Tour, is that you have other tours already. Like the, there's a Europe tour, um, where players can play courses and tournaments on the Europe scene. And still play in the PGA Tour, not not be suspended. I don't see what's the issue with players wanting to go play uh, in the Saudi Arabian Tour. Like they're not they're playing over the world. They, their last tournament was in London, um, so I'm not sure why the PGA is taking a stance. Um, Rory McIlroy, who's on the tour, mentioned something about you know 9/11 and people being from the Middle East. I think that's a stretch. <laughs> To to judge a whole nation, stretch, racist maybe, <laughs> off of you know six six people. Like I mean, what are we talking about? So, I mean, if that's the case, you know, we got racists in the U.S. 
we wouldn't be able to play the PGA Tour. I mean, we, if we try to start judging Yeah, people, I mean, the uh, idea it, of know, him, him talking about dirty Saudi millions, is, he, is yeah. there any specific connection between the Saudi sponsoring this tour and the funding of 9-11? Like that, Not that, that I'm aware. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, otherwise it's just racist. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> I just find it odd. I just find it odd that they're taking a stand and they're suspending golfers, but uh, we'll see where it goes. I think it's interesting. Um and I think this will be the first major sport in the U.S. to like really be put under the gun um, by another country. Yeah, and have like yeah. some some real competition. Because we basically just give the world soccer, and then we say we have the best of everything else. We're here to take exactly. your basketball players. If anybody decides to play American football, we would take that. Right. Tennis is pretty well shared, but yeah, yeah, yeah I guess I guess it's golf, individual not sport. So much. Right, right, and, and you look at it like. Um, you look at it like uh, I mean, look at the NFL, right? You got the USFL now. XFL has folded two or three times. They're trying to make another comeback. Like anytime some other league has tried to challenge, uh, and you know what I find interesting is that like they don't cover the these startup leagues on ESPN. It's a way that they kind of monopolize. You know, yeah. um, FS One has been uh. I think they signed a deal with them, but uh, right. But it's just interesting because like a game will come on Fox, right? But that doesn't right. mean that ESPN doesn't cover the game. It's still the right, NFL, right, right. right. So the exactly. idea that it, like a sporting event comes on FS1 doesn't preclude ESPN from talking about it. They're specifically True. trying to make Dip this league cave, right? Like they're yeah. trying to assist the NFL in making this league cave because it devalues their product and it devalues their contract. Right. Did you uh have you been watching the USFL? I haven't really, and, and largely just because I don't keep up with the game times. I mean, when I watch, like if I stumble upon it, I'll watch it. I'll watch clips, but it's just, you know, it's, it's you know, the NFL, you know what time it comes on. Um, yeah. And right. so, and, and the other thing I, I don't really love too much is that I just feel like there's so many guys who I remember from college that are not in the NFL that I assume when I turn something like that on, I'm going to recognize all the names. And I don't. I'm you like, don't, where yeah. where did they find these guys? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of odd because this year they're doing like eight teams. I do like that they kept the old USFL name, so like the New Orleans mm -hmm. Breakers. We were the Breakers back in in the uh, '90s or '80s, whenever we had the USFL. But the, all the games are being played in Alabama, so it's all being played at one stadium. So mm -hmm. that's kind of odd to like follow your team or root for your team when they don't even you know you don't even you have can't opportunity. See him. Right? Yeah. Like you gotta. You're not really spreading the sport. Yeah, and then uh, to your point, I, I don't think they've done a great job of, like what the USFL did back in the day was like they paid to get Herschel Walker and uh, Ishmael, uh, the Rocket. Rocket Ishmael, yeah. Um, so they paid to get these, like, so for me, if I'm the USFL, I'd be trying to get Baker Mayfield or Johnny yeah. Manziel, like to you kind of get those guys who have, like, to your point, those college stars who – haven't been able to translate that to to success. Yeah, I mean, um, just looking at the offensive depth chart for the breakers, I don't know any of these people. Yeah, right, right. right. I mean, like Kyle, Kyle Slaughter is the quarterback. Zach Smith is the backup. And um, we follow college football. Right. So for us not to know, it's like, who did these dudes play for? Like, they couldn't have played Division One. Right. Um, I mean, even call my boy Reggie. I'm sure Reggie will dust off the cleats for a paycheck. Let's not get carried away. 
<laughs> but but uh but yeah I, and, and now the xfl is also coming out rock is coming out you know with another league i, I they need a merge they need a merge right to try they to do. you know it's just too many and kyle slaughter looking at his uh his wikipedia real quick 2013 <clears throat> he's 28 right so he's okay. years removed from college football right 2013 didn't play a down for southern miss 2014 no downs for southern miss 2015 Northern Colorado no downs senior year Northern Colorado he threw for 2600 yards 29 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and that's it that's his college career right and and now six years removed from that he's the starting quarterback in your league which tells me that like you said there's tons of quarterbacks out there that that uh would have more name recognition than him that obviously are probably passing on this league so right right you can't attract the talent right probably can't pay them much which is the difference between the old usfl where they were actually shelling out. i mean you had sam mills bobby Bear, herschel Walker. like you had like legit nfl stars playing like multi-year starters so anyways man that's all we got today look i i want to end it right quick i'm calling it now we're gonna air next week we're gonna we're gonna record next week yeah all right, we'll see and when we record, Boston Celtics will be the NBA champions. Wow. You just first. you just, just you heard reaching for a hot take. You Hold on, though. First. Before we end, I feel like one thing that happened that we should talk about is, uh, you know, with regard to that lawsuit down in Miami, the Sean Payton, Tom Brady supposed <sighs> mega deal. It was announced this week that there was a deal on the table five years, a hundred million for Sean Payton to come to Miami. The deal for Tom Brady was supposed to be partial ownership. He'd be the starting quarterback. And supposedly what broke all that up was the filing of the lawsuit. They didn't want it to look like they had been basically doing exactly what everybody thinks they were doing, which right. was backdooring uh, the brother and completely working on a whole new setup while they were kind of telling him it's okay to fail. I want to know your thoughts on five years, a hundred million to Sean Payton. That's that's ridiculous. That's my thoughts. That's ridiculous. Does it change your feeling on his retirement if you find out that he was actually planning his exit and it was just you know squashed by you know everything that went on? Not. I I tell you, I didn't respect the retirement to begin with. I I thought he kind of uh, punked out. To be honest, like we talked a little bit about it, uh, maybe off the pod. I felt like I thought Sean Payton was a type of coach that would cherish the challenge of rebuild wanting to be successful without Drew Brees. Cause everybody has said, you know, without Drew, we wouldn't have did what we did. So I thought Sean Payton was a type of coach who who had a level of cockiness and swag about his skill that he wanted to show he could do it with somebody. Like that he made Drew more than Drew made him. Um so when he walked away, I kind of lost a little bit of respect for Sean Payton. I know I know that's that's not popular in new orleans but uh i mean let's face it he has one super bowl in 15 years great great season always have love for that team for the coach for the for the players but given some of the other resumes of coaches in the league i don't see how you could justify a five-year hundred million dollar deal considering Gruden, like you said off the pot Gruden got 10 years 100 million and that went all the way left um I just don't see Sean Payton being worth that. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, the Brady side of the deal, um, when they asked him about it, 
to quote him, uh, let me read this. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people as I've had for the past three years or four years of my career about different opportunities when I'm done playing football. I kind of made a decision of what I'd like to do. I'll get to be in the game of football, blah, 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 blah. So when they asked him about whether or not he had these Dolphins conversations, he kind of pivoted to the TV thing and basically said, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. So it leads me to believe it was real. To go to Cam Jordan's point, he said he was kind of offended. He's like, because basically yeah. you didn't say you were retiring forever. You said right. like for now, which basically tells me that like you aren't over it. You're just over coaching me and the iteration of the team that I, I, I am on. Right. Um, and there's potentially another team out there that is going to make you feel comfortable coaching again. So it's hard not to take that personally. So, yeah, as a fan reading this, um, it's crazy money. Um but I, I mean, I, I just, I, I like you said, the idea of the challenge, yeah. the idea of when, like, we had a, a, like, with the moves we've made, we now have a potential Super Bowl roster, um, and we won. What was it? In nine games, and yeah. we won four essentially with this rotating door at quarterback, and. Um, for you to quit on that. And maybe he felt like, well, Jameis won't even be ready for the start of the next season. So why would I wait on that? But I don't know. You just ask so much of players. You ask them to give so much for you to quit after, um, you know, asking that. And then specifically you asked Jameis to take like this short term prove it deal and then walked out the door after he got hurt. Um, I, I, I don't, I didn't love it. I love it even less hearing all this. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, as a Saints fan, you know, as Saints fans, I feel like we just put Drew Brees and Sean Payton in this rare air, but the way they've kind of handled things over the last two years has left me with a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And I was All the, the flirtation of Drew Brees coming back over the last couple of weeks because he got fired from NBC and then tweeting like Mike Thomas, what's up? Miss you guys. It just right. seems, it just reeks of like, this self-importance and not wanting to let go. And like you said, it was one Super Bowl, really, at the end of the yeah. day. One. And, and as like you mentioned, as a Saints fan, right, me and you specifically have talked to a lot of people about kicking a can down the road and keeping Drew Brees when we had a Super Bowl roster, when we thought he was past his prime and almost to the point where he, we thought he was hurting us because he right. was getting injured. We could have had Tom Brady in New Orleans the year right. that we lost to Tom Brady in the Superdome in the playoffs. Right. We were making and the all difference in that game was Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Exactly. We made all these concessions to keep Brees. He would miss half the season the last two or three years, and then he wouldn't have the arm strength to force the ball down the field in the playoffs. Teams would basically do an umbrella coverage, and we could win regular season game. We would go for the regular season, and we knew that. And we let uh, we let when we had a Super Bowl defense – and, you know, we still have a good defense, but we had a defense in his prime. Demario Davis, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Um, Dogs, Marcus Williams, you know, on a rookie deal. Lattimore on a rookie deal. Uh, Davenport on a rookie deal. Cam uh, Cam Jordan, in, you know, in his prime. And we allowed Peyton and Breeze to bullshit us um, for great regular seasons. And for him to quit on us, and then to hear he was going, like you said, like you could read the tea leaves at his press conference. It was obvious that he wasn't quitting on coaching; he was quitting on us. Right. You know, so um, I, I lost respect for him then. This just just proves to me more that my initial feelings of it were right. 
So no love loss for, for Sean Payton uh, or Tom Brady or the, or the Miami Dolphins. And, That's good uh, for the Miami Dolphins too. Fifty dollar bet says you're wrong about the Boston Celtics being the NBA. Oh, I'm, listen, it's definitely going seven. And uh, look, in game listen, seven, folks, listen how he's backing off, folks. Oh no, no, we, I'm gonna I'm take it. I'm just saying it's, <laughs> it's definitely going seven. And uh, we know what happens in Game Seven with the Warriors. You know, they don't they don't have great uh, great <laughs> past history. Well, we know what happens in the fourth quarter with Jason Tatum <laughs> and Jalen Brown. So. You know. <laughs> Somebody's so, yeah. gonna have to win it. Just, just get my money ready. I want right. my, I want my Venmo on a uh, Sunday, Father's Day. That'll be my gift. <laughs> right. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there too. Oh wait, hold on. Dude's got a dude's got what's something you want to say? What you want to say? Talk to the mic. What you want? Oh, Warriors and what? In seven, I'm betting you fifty dollars too. Warriors and seven. Warriors You're gonna be paying seven. Deuce fifty and me fifty. <laughs> Might as well withdraw that hundred out of your bank account right now. <laughs> Have my Venmo ready. <laughs> All right, we out of here. All right, later. Push these niggas off me like push these bitches off me like push these niggas off me like pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing no more on me like push no more on me like Yeah.